We've gathered together in the name that is above every name. And that name is the name who? Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. We've gathered together in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. The Bible says there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we might be saved. Our sozo, our salvation, our satiria, everything comes through Jesus Christ. The Bible says we can rebuke demons in the name of Jesus. The Bible says we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover when we pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We have power here in the name of Jesus in and by and through His Holy Spirit. How many of you welcome the Holy Spirit? Welcome Holy Spirit. Yes, we welcome you. How many of you were here last Wednesday night? You were, I mean, that was just a tremendous service as we just opened our hearts and and just said, Holy Spirit, don't ever forget that you are welcome here at Christian Embassy and you're welcome in our hearts as well. Because as we just celebrated on Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, why do we celebrate Pentecost Sunday? Well, first and foremost, God set up Pentecost Sunday. It was uh, Pentecost is a feast that the Lord said that should be kept. And it led up to uh, on the day that the Holy Spirit of God came and filled those who were in the upper room with His presence and power and anointing to birth His church. And from that day forth until this very night tonight, the Spirit of the living God has been advancing the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. Because let me tell you what, where the Spirit of God is, there's the power of God and the presence of God. That's why we welcome you, Holy Spirit. He's not an it. He's not a thing. He is the third person of the Godhead. So we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. I want to continue kind of from last Wednesday night in that theme of Pentecost and the Spirit of God coming and welcome Holy Spirit and talk to you tonight about some amazing benefits of a Holy Spirit-empowered life. Some amazing benefits of a Holy Spirit-empowered life. I want you to see the benefits that come with the Spirit-filled life. I want you to uh, have such a desire uh, to enjoy these benefits, to operate in these benefits, to walk in these benefits, to share these benefits with others as well. Uh, and it comes from a Spirit-empowered life. We're going to be reading uh, in Acts and some other scriptures, Acts chapter 8 and some other scriptures. But let's just go to the Lord in prayer before we get into the Word tonight. Father, we do thank You for Your Word. We thank You for You, Holy Spirit, the author of the Word. And You, Holy Spirit, the author of this Bible, You are here, You are present with us. So here we have the author of this Word present, and we honor You. And we are here to learn of You. We are here to be guided by You. We are here to be filled with Your presence. We are here to let You have Your way. Hallelujah. So as we study Your Word, Lord God, tonight, we pray that His faith will arise from the hearing of Your Word and the preaching of Your Word, the teaching of Your Word, Lord God, that our faith will just reach out, Lord God, and receive even a greater hold to all that You have provided for us in and through Your Son, Jesus Christ. To You be the glory and the honor and the praise. And everyone said, Amen. amen and Amen. Acts chapter 8, verse 9. But there was a certain man named Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city, and he astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, well, this man is a great power of God. Isn't it amazing when people operate in the power of the devil that God, they want to give God the credit for that, and then when people operate in the power of God, people want to give that credit to the devil. You ever, you ever seen that before? You can see somebody operating in the power of God and somebody says, ah, oh, they're demon-possessed. 
how that church has got demons, they, you know, so and, for, so and so. But then when the devil's working, they all want to justify it. Say, oh, well, that's God doing that. We, we see it even in the New Testament happening here. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. Verse 12. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed, now seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now they're already seeing miracles, they're already seeing people saved, but the Bible says in verse 16, for as yet he, the Holy Spirit, had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, look at verse 18. Now when Simon saw, he'd already seen the miracles. He had already been baptized himself. He'd already been saved himself. But when he saw the, the power of the Holy Spirit that came, when John and Peter laid their hands on them to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, when he saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands that the Holy Spirit was given... He offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, Your money perished with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this your wickedness, and pray it perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. Peter really had a sweet tongue, didn't he? Then Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me that none of these things which you have spoken may come upon me. <laughs> wow. Here's Simon. He thought he had power. He's operating in some demonic power and he's astonishing people and some people are giving credit to God. But when he saw the real power of God, man, everything he'd ever done paled in comparison to the power of the Holy Spirit. And so much so that he is ready to purchase, if he could, purchase this ability uh, to carry this power and share this power with others. Did you know that the one pursuit above all others that the world is after, if you'll really study it, and more than money, and more than they're after sex, and more than they're after fame, and more than they're after position or anything else. The pursuit of the ages, just read history and you will see it's the pursuit of power. In one form or another, everything that the world seeks boils down to the pursuit of power. And here in Acts chapter 8, in these verses that we've just read, we see that Peter and the apostles were experiencing signs and they were experiencing wonders and, and the miracles of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The church is advancing. The church is going forth. The power church was birthed on the day of Pentecost and it continues to grow even unto these days. And this wealthy man named Simon... He achieved worldly power and he achieved some measure of power through sorcery. He had a following. Folks thought there was some divinity attached to him in one way or another. But he, when he saw the real power of God, knew that there was truly no real power that had ever flowed from him. And he wanted to buy it. And you know Peter with his sweet tongue says, may your silver perish with you for thinking that you could obtain the gift of God with money. And Peter preaches him down to where he is, uh, he is begging, please pray that none of these things that you say could come upon me. So I see here that the power of God is more valuable than money. 
So what we have access to today that Jesus has made available to us by His Spirit, all the money in the world could not purchase it. It's more valuable than that. Sometimes we think if we had a better house or a better car or better clothes or a better neighborhood or better business or better whatever, then our life would be better. And, 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 and maybe uh, in time you can move and achieve some of these things, but don't miss the most valuable thing that has been made available to you and you can't buy it with money. And that is the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. He is real, church. He is real. And here at Christian Embassy, we do not want to deny Him. We do not want to quench Him. We don't want to squelch Him. We want to pray, Holy Spirit, have your way here. Have your way in us and through us to bringing and ushering in the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? So the Lord put on my heart to share with you tonight about the benefits, these amazing benefits that we have in when we have the Spirit of God uh, ushered in and operating in our life. I call it the empowered, the, how we're empowered by uh, the, the Holy Spirit in us and flowing through us. It's the Spirit-empowered life. So, so, in a sense, there's nothing wrong with the world seeking after power. And the reason I say that is because God wants us to walk in power. He told the disciples to tarry in Jerusalem until they've been endued from on high with what? Power. So God does not want us to advance His kingdom in our own strength, which is impossible to do. He does not want us to live our lives in our own strength, which is very unwise to do. He wants us to live a life in power by uh, His Spirit rather than evil spirits or the spirits of this age. So we're talking to about true power, the power to be healed and the power to uh, live over life circumstances and the power to over our enemies and the power that God gives us to have joy and peace and, and the prosperity of God. All of these that come in and through the Holy Spirit of God. That's why Jesus, I believe, said in Acts 1 and 8, and you shall receive power dunamis that's the word and we've said that a thousand times and we'll probably say it another thousand times because that's what the word of god said that you will receive power meaning you don't have it but you will receive it and it'll be dunamis or like what we get our word dynamite from the power of god when the holy spirit has come upon you so jesus tells us that we are to expect and we're to open our lives to receive this power now I'm here, and I'll be the first one to confess that I have tried to live many an hour and many a day and many a month and many a year of my life in my own power. And I've always come up short. I've always lacked the wisdom. I've, I've made the wrong decisions. I ended up in the wrong places. I was saying the wrong things. I was struggling. I was finding a lack of peace. I was finding a lack of joy. I was finding success at my hand that did not bring satisfaction. It's as though I was living this life and I was living this life disconnected from my created order. And, and I was doing it in my own power. But let me tell you what. And also, I've lived some years and some months and some hours and some days where I've depended on the Spirit of God, where I have sought the guidance and the leadership 
and the joy and the peace that surpasses all understanding. Did you know there's a peace that your mind can't figure it out because your circumstances say you cannot have this sense of wholeness. Your circumstances will say you have loss, you have pain, you have, you have setback, you have struggle, you have enemy, and you cannot be at peace. But did you know the Spirit of God can bring a shalom, a peace, that surpasses all understanding. It makes no sense, but there is a calm and there is a joy and there is a wholeness and there is a, a, a fulfillment that comes from the Spirit of God. Oh, how we need the Holy Spirit. He will give us strength. He will give us insight. He will give us wisdom. He will guide us. He will lead us. He will, he will comfort us, Jesus said. For his very name, he says, I'll give you the parakletos. The, the comforter will come. Jesus says, the comforter I'm sending to you. It's from a Greek word, uh, two words, parakletos. Para meaning come alongside, and kletos means that which is strong or, or, or standability. So in other words, it's like a splint that is brought alongside a broken leg. The Holy Spirit will come alongside our brokenness and cause us to walk when circumstances say we can't walk. And when that splint comes there and takes the pressure off of the brokenness so that the brokenness can heal, it will bring healing when it normally could not be healed. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So we have to welcome the Holy Spirit in order for Him to, because He's a gentleman, He's not going to come and push Himself in on your life. He's not going to come and steamroll over you. You have to invite the Holy Spirit. Did you know... I would guess every negative emotion that we face in our lives come from some sense of powerlessness in one way or another. For example, if we don't feel we have the power to change something, it can lead to depression. And we get depressed because we lose hope because it seems as though it can never change. If we don't have the power to reconcile a relationship, it can cause anger and bitterness. If we don't have the sense of power to, to get ahead, it can lead into jealousy where we're mad and angry at everybody else who seemingly is getting ahead. Let me tell you what, there's that sense of powerlessness behind all of this. Every negative circumstance we face in life comes from this sense of powerlessness, this inability to do something about a situation or the inability to change things. But the Holy Spirit, listen here, the Holy Spirit of God is our deepest, in our deepest need. He will come and He will bring the power necessary to help us in any situation we find ourselves in. So you can take great comfort tonight knowing that no matter what circumstance or situation lies ahead, that when you get there, the Holy Spirit of God will be there. And if you'll welcome Him, He will bring strength and comfort and guidance and wisdom and direction and power in those circumstances and situations. Hallelujah. John 16 and 13. Uh, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak of His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can know what is yet to come. We don't have to fear tomorrow because we know that whatever comes tomorrow, the Holy Spirit is going to meet us there and He's going to show us and help us and guide us in and through those situations. Praise God. So I don't know about you, but I've come more and more in love with the Holy Spirit. 
uh, the uh, Edward and Marianne Richardson. You guys got to meet them on Sunday, that family that I was telling you about, the business owners back in Georgetown, South Carolina, when I was back in the 80s going to college. And uh, as a hobby, he had a, a shrimping vessel called the Abbey Lane, still owns it to this day. And his son-in-law and his daughter are enjoying it, and, and uh, he, they still go out on it themselves, not necessarily to fish as a business. They've kind of had it converted into a, uh, what would you call a yacht? And now it's a, a fancy boat that goes out and enjoys the water, sleeps out on the water, but you can fish from it if you'd like. And um, so uh, they were asking me how was it they never heard my testimony and how I came to the church that, that came out of a non-Pentecostal, uh, scared of the Holy Spirit church to a Pentecostal type loving the Holy Spirit church. And I told them 17 years, I was raised in, in our situation, and they knew of our situation and said, you know, it was very, very hard. And it was a sense of powerlessness, and it was a sense of this is what I have to live with the rest of my life, and there's no way to get away from this pain and this sorrow and this heartache and this abuse and this brokenness. And uh, that's when the enemy came in. The sorcerer, you might would say, came in and tries to get me to take my life. And I knew at that time when I saw the supernatural manifest of the hand of God, I knew there was more to this, there was more going on in the unseen realm than the church that I was in was. And mentioned this to my mom, and praise God, she changed churches, and, and we went to a church where they were not ashamed of the third person of the Godhead. And that's why here at Christian Embassy, we're never going to be ashamed of the third person of the Godhead. We're going to worship God the Father. Yes, we are. We're going to worship God the Son. Yes, we are. But we're going to worship God the Holy Spirit as well because we need the Holy Spirit. He is God. He is God with us. He is God in us. He is God flowing through us. So let me just share with you some benefits of the presence of the Holy Spirit when He is allowed in your life. I'm in the mood and the mindset to convince you to be more open to the Holy Spirit than you've ever been. You say, well, I'm Pentecostal, I want you more Pentecostal. You say, well, I'm charismatic, I want you more charismatic. I want us to, to surrender our power to the power of the Spirit of the living God. And I want to convince you that His power is pure, His power is holy, His power is righteous, and His power will help you succeed and fulfill the destiny that God has created for you. So here are some amazing benefits of a Holy Spirit-empowered life. And the first one is this, that it brings the blessing of God in your house. It brings, when you allow the Spirit of God to live in you and flow through you, and you talk about Him and you talk to Him and you welcome Him in your home, let me tell you what, when He moves in, He brings the blessing with Him. The Holy Spirit of God is the Spirit of God that has the assignment of the Godhead now to bring the blessing of heaven to earth. Jesus said, wait, tarry until the Spirit of God comes. Wait until, I'm sending my Holy Spirit, I'm sending the paracletos, I'm sending the comforter, and he's bringing the blessing that will be manifest here on earth as it is in heaven. So if you want heaven in your home and you want heaven in your life and you want heaven in your business and you want heaven with your family, you've got to make it a point that you have centerpiece in all of those, the spirit of the living God, that he has freedom to operate and move. 
In 2 Samuel 6, there's 12 verses there that tells the story that the Ark of the Covenant, uh, you remember when uh, they went, the Philistines had captured the Ark of the Covenant and King David uh, was seeing that, uh, that you know, we, we need to get the Ark of the Covenant back. We need to, we, we've lost the very presence of the Lord. So he goes and they get the uh, Ark of the Covenant back and they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, but they're carrying it on an ox's cart which God has specifically said, the Ark of the Covenant that represents my presence and the fullness of my spirit is not to be carried except in this way. You're not to touch it with the hands of man. I, so they was in, uh, built with rings on it and they were to slide rods through these rings and the priests were to carry these rods on their shoulders to carry the presence of the Lord from when they would move uh, and they were in the tabernacle and they would move as the Lord would move them. And, uh, but they're not carrying it. They're carrying it the world's way. I'm here to tell you, you try to carry the Holy Spirit the world's way, it's not going to work. You just, wanna, you just say, hey, I'm going to be worldly and do it. This is the 21st century and this is how we do things. And Holy Spirit, you've got to conform to what we're doing. It's never going to work that way. What we want to do is we want to conform to the Holy Spirit. Amen? We want to walk in righteousness and walk in the ability uh, to carry the presence of the Lord the way the Lord says that we are to carry His presence. So you know it tilted over and they reached out to stable it, fell dead. David gets mad and so he says, okay, we're, not, we're stopping right here. And there was Obed-Edom's house that was not far away, so we're going to leave the Ark of the Covenant at Obed-Edom's house. And uh, so David goes on back to Jerusalem and month one goes by, and he gets this report that there is something awesome going on in Obed-Edom's house. And he's like, well, that's just you know, coincidence. You know, uh, we'll, we'll see what's going on. To get report month two, things are even better in Obed-Edom's house. Month three comes and says, there's so much blessing in Obed-Edom's house. The whole nation's talking about it, this one man's house. So what does David say? We're going to get the Ark of the Covenant, the very presence of the Lord, out of Obed-Edom's house and bring it to Jerusalem because we need the blessing and the favor of God here in the capital city. So we see that his whole household, the Bible says, Obed-Edom's whole household was blessed, abundantly blessed when the Ark of the Covenant was there. And the Ark of the Covenant represents the very presence of God. And Jesus says, I'm going to the Father, but I'm going to send my presence in my spirit. And my spirit will be present not only with you, but in you. Let me tell you what. When you keep the Ark of the Covenant and the very presence of God by His Spirit uh, central in your life, He brings that abundant blessing that Jesus talks about in John 10 and 10. He says, you know, Satan's come to kill, steal, and destroy. Don't blame the, the, the Lord when there's those three, three things taking place. Killing, stealing, and destruction. They come from the devil. They come from the devil. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundant. So he, is, he has sent his spirit with the spirit of abundant life. Hallelujah. So when we welcome the Holy Spirit, and I'm not talking about in a charismatic service we welcome the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about in your home. Obed-Edom, he welcomed the presence of the Lord in his home and that abundant life blessed his whole household. You want the blessing of the Lord in your business? You want the blessing of the Lord with your children? You want the blessing of the Lord in your household? You want the blessing of the Lord in your body, and your health? You need to embrace the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I do. I say more. I say more. 
He deserves all the praise. He deserves all the glory. He deserves all the honor. He is God. He is God. Hallelujah. We need to commune with the Holy Spirit. We need to talk to the Holy Spirit. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit. We need to love on the Holy Spirit. We need to laugh with the Holy Spirit. We need to, we need to cry with the Holy Spirit. We need to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Every day of our lives, this isn't some spiritual thing we do. If you've got good sense, you'll see that this is the very life breath of the spiritual life that I have is with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Because the blessing of God is in your house when you welcome the Holy Spirit. Secondly, the fellowship with God. In Exodus 25, 22, he says, and he's talking there about the Ark of the Covenant, he said, then there I will meet with you. Well, now the Ark of the Covenant is the very altar where the Holy Spirit is welcome. And let me tell you what, where the Spirit of the Lord is, he says, there's where I'm going to meet with you. So when we welcome the Holy Spirit, we're meeting with God. When we're talking to the Holy Spirit, we're talking to God. When we're listening to the Holy Spirit, we're listening to God. There is fellowship with God. Oh, how much we can rejoice. I've seen people that have become crippled in their, their limitation of fellowshipping just with people. And then I've seen people limit their fellowship just with animals. And then there are some that will fellowship just with people and just with animals. But let me tell you what, no person and no animal on this planet can do for you and satisfy you like your creator God can do. You need to have fellowship with God, not some mental nominal, uh, 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 you know, God is out there and I, I honor you and I salute you and I respect you. I'm talking about fellowship, fellowship, two, two people in a boat. Okay, two people in a little ship. You're just fellowshipping with the Lord. You need to learn to just talk to Him. Get your Elizabethan English and throw it out. Just throw it out. You don't need the these and the thous and all of that to talk to God. He's like, He's probably saying, what in the world are you trying to do? <laughs> you know, He wants us to talk to Him as we are. Amen. Then another one of the benefits is supernatural guidance from God. He tells us in Exodus 40, 36, whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would go onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not journey till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was above the tabernacle by day and the fire over it by night in the sight of all of the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. God was showing us in demonstration as He was guiding them through the wilderness to the promised land that He's a God that not only dwells with us, but He's the God that wants to guide us. He doesn't want to tag along and try to help you right your wrongs. He doesn't want to tag along and be the U-turn for you when you've done it your own way and come to the end of yourself. He wants you to listen to Him. He wants you to ask Him. He wants you to seek Him. He wants you to lean on Him. You, and, and if you've got faith to believe that the Spirit of God will give you instruction and give you guidance, I guarantee you, you're going to hear the voice of God. You're going to see His hand. You're going to see His guidance in guiding you. How many of you will honestly say that you maybe at times have acted impulsive and you've done things and you've run into things and you got, you got deeper into trouble than you were before you ever got into it? Let me tell you what, the Spirit of God, if you follow the Spirit of God, oh, you got all both hands and both feet, okay. I see you, brother. Okay, let me tell you what, the Spirit of God, if we will seek guidance from Him, he will guide you in such a way you don't have to wait those wasted years and those scars and those losses that come in doing that. 
He will guide you and he will direct you. Now, my mom is hilarious. She was just here this weekend, and she has this thing. And, and I, I know she's got a smartphone, and I told her she had the GPS on it, and she doesn't believe me. Mom, I'm, you're tuning in. I'm telling on you now. You tell on me, I'm going to tell on you. Okay. So my sister has a phone. Cheryl, you're probably listening too. Neither one of them said they had a GPS. And they said, oh, we've come and gone from Virginia enough. It, we know our way. Now, let me tell you a little thing about my mom. And you can joke her about this, and she'll just laugh. She's over the pain of it. I would say nine out of ten times, if not ten out of ten times, that she's ever come to see us, that she comes here and she leaves and she goes to Newport News rather than Emporia. She does it two different ways. The first way is if she goes out by Regent University, she gets on the first exit which we tell her to get off on the second, but she gets on the first, and she goes scooting along. There's 264, scooting along, and she's almost, many times she's gone over the bridge in through the tunnel and all the way into Newport News before she could get turned around and come back. That's her first trip. I, I don't know if she's supposed to live on the peninsula. I don't know, but she's drawn there. The second one is after she's made that mistake, and she's gone around and traffic's held her up. And two hours later, she's calling me saying, I'm back at Regent University. And I'm like, what? You should be on 95 headed south by now. She said, no, I just went by Regent University and CBN. I said, okay, well, make sure when you get down to the split that you, you go to Suffolk. You stay on 58 and go to Suffolk. Don't go 664. Dr. Wayne would love to have you over there in Churchland, that area where he lives. But don't go that way. And then, for some reason, in this last time as well, she and my sister are talking away, and the next thing you know, they're headed, and they ended up in Portsmouth, which undoubtedly must mean they went down to the, where the mall was in Churchland and, and went down and ended up in Portsmouth, Portsmouth, Virginia. I think that's a first for her. But she got turned around, and three hours later... They, I get a text from my sister that they're finally almost to Emporia. And I'm like, really? Okay. And I said, that's funny. She said, it is not funny right now. We'll laugh about this another time. Okay. Now, how easy is it to set a GPS that is correct? Now, I know our GPSs have flaws, but the GPS of the Holy Spirit does not and would tell you the right turn to make at the right time that would tell you the right lane to get in before you have to make a turn or swerve and, and knock cars off of the highway in order to make that exit uh, and, 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 and find guidance where we need to go. How many of you know when a GPS and you know it's got you on track, you don't even, you don't even know where you're at. You don't even care where you're at. You know it's going to tell you the next turn to make and you're going to make that turn. Well, you can live life that way. You, can, you don't have to worry about the future. You don't have to worry. You can say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do right now? And what he tell, the turn he tells you to take may not make sense, but you've got to trust him that he knows what's ahead. And he may even see that there's a traffic jam up ahead and he's taking you a detour that's going to save you time rather than cost you time. You've got to learn to trust him, not argue with him and debate with him everything he tells you to do. And you may ask, can, will the Holy Spirit really tell you step by step in your life? Yes, He will. Yes, He will. Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. 
Here's another one of the amazing benefits of the uh, spirit-filled life is the hard-to-move mountains in your life begin to melt like wax. And all of us have some mountains that the devil has definitely built in our life and roadblocks and things that he's put before us. But Psalms 97 and 5 says, The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. So when we become the temple, the Bible says our body is now the temple. There was an Ark of the Covenant that they would carry and place it in the temple where the presence of the Lord is, but now we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. So the presence of God wants to dwell in us. And the presence of the God wants to flow through us. And if we're walking in the presence of the Lord, when we come up on mountains of opposition and mountains of pain and mountains of setback, not through our effort, not through our ingenuity, but by just us carrying the presence of the Lord, those mountains will melt like wax, the Bible says. It's time some of you start living a life just like that. You've been figuring out how to climb those mountains. You've been figuring out how to blow up those mountains. You've been figuring out trying how to uh, 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 navigate and build uh, roads around those mountains. And those mountains have been holding you back and those mountains have been intimidating you and those mountains have been keeping you out of the, the plan of God for your life. But I'm telling you, you need to, with your faith, Say, I am the temple now of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God dwells in me and goes before me. And you need to start declaring, if there's a mountain, you'd better get out of the way, be cast into the sea. You speak to that mountain because the presence of the Lord that is going before you is going to melt, remove those mountains. And you will be able to go from glory to glory to glory. Now, when you look at the journey of the Israelites from Egypt to the Promised Land, actually, that four or five-day journey got them to the south of the Dead Sea there as they were uh, 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 there ready to go in, and they sent the spies in. But we know that the bad report came back, and ten of them saying, we can't do it with grasshoppers in their eyes. We don't have faith to believe in the, uh, the Word of God. God said we can. We say we can't. So God had to, you might would say, filter that lack of faith and that unbelief out. So they go in the wilderness and they circle a mountain for 40 years. I meet a lot of Christians today that their life, when they tell me their story, they've just been circling a mountain for 40 years, 20 years, 30 years. And it's like they, they're so dissatisfied and they've not gotten in, into the fulfillment of what God has for them. And I say, rather than making your life navigating around a mountain... What we need to do is we need to, by faith, say, wait a minute, I'm going I'm to usher in the presence of God. I'm going to welcome the presence of God. I'm going to walk in the presence of God. I'm not going to say things that, that, that quenches the Holy Spirit, that squelches the Holy Spirit, that uh, rebukes or, or resists the Holy Spirit. I'm going to, because he's not going to be a part of unrighteousness and he's not going to be a part of unbelief and doubt. So I'm going to let my tongue speak righteous words. I'm going to let my tongue speak uh, 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 the blessings instead of uh, uh, curses. And I'm going to let my tongue speak life rather than death. And so that the Holy Spirit is welcome in this temple so that I can now, when I come against the mountain, instead of getting on Facebook and telling everybody how big my mountain is, I'm going to start telling everybody how big my God is. Instead of how big my problem is, I'm going to talk about how big my God is. Do you know how few, 
Do you know how rare it is to see someone celebrate the victory and the power and the ability of their God before the breakthrough? They'll do it afterwards, but before. They'll whine, they'll complain, they'll, they'll say how big it is, how bad it is. What do you want? Somebody's sympathy? How good? What does that do for you? Be honest with yourself. What does somebody's sympathy when they to your face or on Facebook or Twitter or something like that, they'll say, poor thing, and then they're really saying, poor thing, look at the jerk. They probably deserve it, you know. And you got that little poor thing. Did that, was that feeling good enough to carry on an atmosphere that, that, that repulses the Holy Spirit, that repels the Holy Spirit? I am the leader among ones that used to have a sad story. And the devil had me believing when I started out in ministry and I was evangelizing and I was starting out even pastoring here, the sadder my story and the greater my pain that I could tell someone, maybe they would feel sorry for me and they would help me in the ministry. And I had, and I don't know, I, I, I really didn't sit down and talk about it and say, you know, this is, this is just a... Uh, this is going to work, it's a good strategy or something like that. I just, I just got caught up. I got caught up by the deceiving spirit. And the deceiving spirit had me believing that if I could be a victim big enough, then I could get a crowd around me large enough that would help me get out of the pit and get to some success. But do you know that's not a leader? Did you know that we become contagious of what we are and we attract who we are. And I had more people who were out trying to outsource, or not outsource, but outtell my story. You think you got it bad. Well, let me just tell you how bad I had it. And for my every seven scars, they had ten extra ones. And it just got... And, and, and the next thing you know, we were a pitiful, pitiful group of people acting as though we're redeemed of the Lord, saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and victorious and powerful, when really and truly we were pretty pathetic in how we were living our lives. And I thank God when I saw that, my eyes were open to that, the scales fell from my eye, I repented and I asked God to forgive me and I said, no longer a victim, I'm a victor. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm not looking to the hand of man to deliver. I'm looking to the hand of God to deliver. And I'm not going to manipulate man because man, if they're manipulated, they're going to turn on you because that is not a healthy way to do things. I am going to trust the Lord. And if God be for me, who can be against me? And I really convinced myself that the Word of God is true. Now that's pretty sad for a minister graduate of seminary to finally at last, which he should have got it before, but he finally gets it, that it's God. If God be for us, who can be against us? And God will guide us and God will provide. He said, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness and I will add, I will add all these things to you. So let me tell you what, we have to learn to trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. And carry His presence and welcome Him because you repel Him when you participate in that unbelief and that ungodliness and that we are but grasshoppers in their eyes. He says, back to the wilderness. Well, I'm waiting for you to die off so I can take the next generation in. 
He said, I'm not taking this into my blessing. I'm not carrying this into the victory. This, this, this defeatism and this a sense of a, a, a victim mentality, he says, you're not going to see the walls of Jericho miraculously fall. You're not going to see the enemy be taken by Caleb when he goes and takes those giants out of the mountain that he wanted to take out 40 years before. You're not going to see any of that because you repel me. The Lord's like, I'm giving you opportunity to repent, but I'm telling you what, I'm not going with you into the blessing with this. So I thank God. I mean, I'm not, I'm not here speaking down on those Israelites or those 10 spies because I was right there with them. I'm not here to say I'm better than them. I was right there with them. But thank God my eyes were open. Thank God that the Word of God finally got clear to me. And I want to help everybody that I can to see that for your own life and to make that transition for yourself and your family so that you can step it up. There is, there is more for you than there is against you. We could sit here and talk about what's against us all day long, but there's more for you than there is against you. There is more power that will take you into victory than there is evil power to hold you back. Simon the sorcerer saw that the witchcraft that he operated in, it was minuscule and it was small compared to the power of the Holy Spirit. So much so he wanted to buy it if he could. Come on now. We the church need to know. We need to know who we are in Christ and what we have. Praise the Lord. Here's some more benefits that come with a Holy Spirit-empowered life. This joy and laughter and pleasure will be yours. He says that in Psalm 16, 11, you will show me the path of life in your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalms 21 and 6, for you have made him most blessed fav forever. You have made him exceedingly glad in your presence. There is joy, there is laughter, there is pleasure that comes with the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible says that we who are believers, we don't grieve the same way that unbelievers grieve. Because when we grieve, we grieve, and there's nothing wrong with grieving, and there's a process of grieving, and there's health, but we don't get, we don't get locked into it. Because we have the source of the presence of God who can turn our mourning into laughter, can turn our sorrow, can, can take our ashes and, and restore beauty. The Lord can do for us what intellectually and, and mentally and even socially we could, cannot do for ourselves. We need you, Holy Spirit. We need you, Holy Spirit. When I meet bitter people, when I meet nasty people, you ever met nasty people? I'm telling you what, there's some nasty people. People that say they're Christians can be nasty. People who, you know, sometimes people say they're Christian seem to be more nasty than the ones that's not. I don't believe that to be true. It just stands out the more because we know it shouldn't be that way. There's nasty, there's mean. Children are, are being raised by mean parents. And, and parents are raising some mean-spirited kids. Let me tell you what. The devil, he is not nice. He is, he is bringing sorrow and heartache and bitterness and anger and resentment and every evil work and, uh, that he can. But the Spirit of God, hallelujah, brings joy and laughter, the Bible says, and will bring a pleasure forevermore. I think Christians should be the happiest people on planet Earth. 
I think Christians, when we face with trial and temptation, even though the trial and the temptation may bring pain into our lives, we don't get stuck there because we've got a source that is greater than that which is coming against us. That which is working for us is greater than that which is working against us, and it's the very presence of God Himself, the Holy Spirit. And the number six, let me give you another amazing benefit of uh, uh, the Spirit-empowered life is your enemies will fall and perish. He says in Psalms 93, when my enemies turn back, they shall fall and perish at your presence. Everywhere you see in the Scripture, your presence, your presence. We know Jesus says, my presence will be with you and my presence will be in you by my Holy Spirit. So we know that when we carry the presence of the Holy Spirit, when we, we don't have an attitude that is, is put Him out, or we've got an attitude that has quenched Him or squelched Him, we know that we carry the presence of the Holy Spirit. Yes, the enemy's going to come against us, but our enemy's going to turn back. They're going to fall and they're going to perish. Our enemy, his plans will not succeed over our lives. Now somebody should say, Hallelujah! Because Satan is out to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants nothing but heartache and pain in your life. But the Bible says as we carry the presence of the Lord, our enemy has the plan, but has to turn back and they fall and they perish. And then finally, I've got one here, a benefit. It's an amazing benefit. As he says, number seven, times of refreshing and restoration will come. Times of refreshing and restoration will come. Meaning that living this life and living even in the presence of the Spirit of God, there's going to be challenges, there's going to be setback, there's going to be pain, there's going to be some heart, heartache that we, we encounter, but the Lord says, you're not going to be stuck there. He said, I'll refresh you, I'll restore you. Hallelujah. Anybody here need any refreshing? Anybody here need some divine restoration? Let me tell you what, God says, I'll refresh you and I'll restore you. Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing may come. Where? From the presence of the Lord. From the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord brings refreshing. The Spirit of the Lord brings restoration. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice, anybody tuning in, anybody listening by radio, I say unto you right now, that you would turn your heart to Jesus. You would say, Jesus, Jesus, fill me with your Spirit. Fill me with your presence. I welcome you, Holy Ghost. I welcome you, Spirit of the living God. Lord, come in and bring that refreshing and bring that restoration. And I declare over you right now that you're moving into a season of restoration. You're moving into a season of restoration and refreshing right now in the name of Jesus. It's been hard. It's been heavy. It has been difficult. But I declare over over you right now that there's a turnaround right now in the name of Jesus. There's a U-turn taking place right now as we welcome you, Spirit of the living God, as we welcome you, presence of God. Come, come and bring refreshing and bring restoration, bring laughter and joy and pleasure and blessing. Bring it unto your people now, Lord God. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We open our lives. We open our hearts. We open our homes. We open our minds to you. 
you and we say Lord uh, help us to learn how to carry your presence with dignity how to carry your presence with greater honor teach us Lord God uh, how to live in your presence and celebrate your presence just ask him right now teach me God how to celebrate your presence even more ask him right now Lord teach me your ways oh God teach me your ways uh, that I might carry your presence not on an ox's cart not in a way that would bring shame or disgrace but God you had a way you had a prescribed way that your presence was to be carried by man Lord show us tonight how we're to carry your presence in to our home how we're to carry your presence in to our work how we're to carry your presence into the marketplace Lord God Lord, how we might carry your presence in our lives in such a way. Lord, that these amazing benefits just become natural. Lord God, they just begin to manifest everywhere, not because of how good we are, but because of how good you are. And when they begin to manifest and the mountains well, melt like wax, and Lord God, the oppositions are dealt with and the enemy is defeated and fall before us, Lord, not because of how powerful we are, but because of how powerful you are. Lord, teach us tonight. God teach us tonight how to carry your presence Lord God that we would carry you on our shoulders that we would carry you in such a way that is lifted up high that we would carry you in such a way that every step that we take uh, uh, carries you uh, with us Lord God you're not going before us or behind us but Lord God we're carrying you on our shoulders uh, right with us Lord God Lord in the name of Jesus I pray Holy Spirit that you would bring healing, Lord God, where healing is needed in the lives of those here tonight. Lord, those that are tuning in, those that are listening by radio, those that are on Facebook, Lord God, those that are on the internet, Lord God, Lord, there is no distance with you. There is no distance of time and no distance of space with you. Reach into their lives. Touch them at the cellular level, Lord God, and bring a turnaround, Lord, of healing in their body, God. Lord, of wholeness in their mind, Lord God. Of a restoration in their family, Lord God. Lord, they've sought counsel and they've sought this and they've sought that. And nothing seems to be working, but we know what you do always works. Hallelujah. So Lord, let us lean on you. Let us trust in you. Let us call on you. Let us commit our lives to walk in your favor to walk in your anointing and to walk in your word hallelujah so Lord I pray as the air fills this room Lord God let this room be filled with your spirit and as we would breathe in the oxygen of this air Lord let our spirit man begin to breathe and inhale and just say Holy Spirit I take you into my spiritual lungs Lord I take you to be the very source of my life the source of my strength just say to the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit I want you to be the very breath of my spirit I want you to be the very breath of my spirit Lord if someone were to throw me in the water I would do everything I could to swim to the surface so that I could take another breath of life-giving air Lord let it be so in our spiritual lives that if we're out of your presence that we will swim that we will paddle that we will do whatever we can to break through to take in another breath of you Holy Spirit that you would live in us you would be welcome Lord God to to operate and to function through us Lord so just tell him right now, God, I give you my hands and I give you my feet and I give you my thoughts and I give you my tongue. Lord God, I give you my life. 
Lord, I want to be a living instrument. I want to be a servant. I want to be an instrument of righteousness in your hand. Holy Spirit, take me. Just tell Him. Holy Spirit, take me and use me for your glory. Take me, Holy Spirit. Speak through me, Holy Spirit. Just tell Him right now. Holy Spirit, show me in the way that I should go. And I will go in that way. Just say unto Him now, Holy Spirit, I give you my brokenness. I give you my pain. I give you my loss. I give you my burden. I give it to you, Lord. I cast my cares on you because I know you care for me. I need you, Holy Spirit. Come refresh. Come restore. Come and renew. And make me whole, Lord. Make me whole, Lord. Lord, let your healing virtue flow, I pray. Upon each and every one, physically, Lord God, every organ, every system. Yes, Lord, I speak to that circulatory system now in the name of Jesus. I speak to that respiratory system now in the name of Jesus. I speak to that digestive system now in the name of Jesus. I speak to that glandular system in the name of Jesus. Be healed. Lord, take my words as the word came forth, let there be light and you, Holy Spirit, were hovering over the darkness. And when the word came forth, you took the word and made it manifest. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here tonight in all your power and in all your glory. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Now I, I align my tongue with the written word of God. And I come against and I rebuke every spirit of infirmity. In spirit of infirmity, go and be healed. Holy Spirit, thank you for taking those words and bringing them to manifest in our bodies right now. Spirit of infirmity, we rebuke you. Go. In the name of Jesus. And healing come. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for administering healing right now. Healing of a broken heart. Healing of a troubled mind. Healing of a, of a physical ailment. Healing right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> what we can't do, you're doing, Lord. You're reaching in beyond that which the physical doctor can even reach or cut and go into the depth of you're going to the very source. And you're bringing divine healing right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Loss. Loss has ripped your heart. It has, it has ripped your life. It has ripped everything, but the Holy Spirit is mending it right now. He's mending it back together right now. Loss of strength in your body. Loss of finances. Loss of a relationship. Loss even unto death. The Lord is doing for us what we can't do. He's bringing healing. He's mending. Thank you, Lord. Just receive it. Just receive it. Healing in your body, healing in your mind, healing in those relationships, healing. Lord, we receive it, God. Yes, Holy Spirit, we're not putting our hands on it to manipulate you in any way. Lord God, we're just here to receive you, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. And you will receive power after that that the Holy Spirit has come. Receive that power. Receive that power of refreshing. Receive that power of restoration. 
receive that power now. Say, Holy Spirit, I receive you. I receive you. Say, I yield to you, Lord. Just, just say it with your own tongues. Holy Spirit, I yield to you. Just say, from this day forward, I want to yield my life to you. Guide me. Direct my steps. I yield my life to you. God, what we can't do for ourselves. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God. Have your way. Now, Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that as we leave this place this evening, or we come to the close of this time together, that what you have initiated and what you're doing here in us would continue rather than cease. And Lord, even go to the next level as we go into our separate ways, Lord God. Take us to that next level, we pray, as we meditate on you, Holy Spirit, as we commune with you and you with us. So, Lord, I pray your hand of favor, your hand of blessing, your hand of anointing, and your hand of great power would be upon each and every one of us now as we go into this night in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, I think you can do better than that, amen. Hallelujah.